0: All right, man. Ready to do this? Let's do it. All right. Here we are. Another episode of Grind My Gears. I got the uh, formerly known as the Adonis. I don't know. He's the, the mullet. It's dawn now. It's been <laughs> dawn. just the dawn. Uh, Aaron, Jeffrey. Uh, how you doing, brother? You good? I'm good, man. How
1: are you? It's been a while. Um,
0: it's been a while. But yeah, I'm I'm good. Living life. Uh, just doing my I'm thing. i like that yeah don't don't get me started on it. that's that's, <laughs> that's another that's another level i love them but jesus christ that's, an, <laughs> that's another level of, you know like uh you know like mma is the grind dad life yeah. is the fucking grind
1: <laughs> uh, I believe it, man my brother's got two young ones too so yeah. i hear about it
0: yeah man um but first i wanted to congratulate you on your recent signing with bellator mma that is a huge well, deal thank you um how do, you, how, do you, how, did, uh, how do you feel about joining the ranks there?
1: I'm pumped, man. It's uh, it's nice to finally be in a, a big promotion, um, like a promotion that's kind of well-known and, and actually get paid some real money for once
2: in my life.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> that, I know. Mean, that's one of the things, I mean, for people who don't know, for uh, listening and who haven't uh, been around MMA fighters, they don't know that when you're fighting on that, that regional circuit, uh, the money's shit. The money is not the greatest, so uh, I mean, for guys like you who have put in a lot of time and effort, um, you know, kudos to you for grinding that out. Because at the end of the day, uh, money talks, and with MMA, money does not talk for sure.
1: we no, basically, <laughs> um, basically play for free, right? Like, I mean, I've been doing it for ten years professionally for like six or seven years, and I mean, you fucking, you're lucky if you break even on your fights.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've ever broken. I have lost money. I don't know if you remember um, yeah. that that f- my pro debut the uh fucking guy the check bounced. And, really? Uh, yeah, uh for oh. Global Proving Ground. So right. I don't, fuck that guy. Uh yep. <laughs> and then it took about 7 or 8 months for him to send the money by Western Union. And yep. Western Union takes like a 20 30% cut. So that like Maybe. that's that's just one story if I bet thousands
1: yeah oh, well the shit. one time when i fought sean brady at cfst and i had people get stitched after and i was supposed to have insurance through the company and i've talked shit about cfst because they're awesome and i love them but the insurance wasn't going through and i was getting hospital bills i had seven stitches and i'm getting these hospital bills like week after week
2: for like a thousand bucks yeah I got stitches in my eye.
0: yeah and then they'll probably send you to collections and shit and yeah. and yeah i mean those are the horror stories that People never really hear about, but those are the things that go on. And like at the end of the day, paying what, $1,000 for stitches, like sometimes that's the fucking takeaway from the fight. Like that's all yeah. the profit.
1: Yeah. Um, and then one time fighting for uh, BTC because the Ontario Medicals are so fucked. They make you do everything. I couldn't get an MRI in time, so I drove across the border to Buffalo to pay for an MRI, and that yeah. was 700
0: bucks. Yeah, there you go. Like, And that's non-compensated. That's like out of your own pocket. Yep. You're not getting that shit back. It's not like you can claim that on your taxes (laughs) as a business expense. I
2: hope.
0: Um, Now that you're in the Bellator ranks, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, in that middleweight division, how does it feel being in a middleweight division with Yoel Romero? Like that is (laughs) – like when you uh, think about that gorilla, it's a potential
1: I actually forgot that he was in Bellator now. So, uh, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> You're welcome. I could be a matchup one day, yeah.
0: That's the first yeah, thing that's... when I heard that you signed with Bellator. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this motherfucker might stand next to that gorilla. Fucking, you'll uh, remember. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, there's some, uh, high level guys there, man. Like, when we saw, he's the champ. Uh, Lorenz Larkin's there. Like, there, there's a bunch of tough dudes.
0: Yeah. And, uh, how do you feel you stack up in, uh, in that, um, in that landscape with those guys
1: i think good man i think uh like outside the top 10 and even like some of the the lesser ranked guys in the top 10 i think i can beat a lot of these guys like you, you start talking about like joel romero uh gigard mousasi like obviously these are like really tough fights and they probably won't happen for a while but uh no the rest of the division i think i stack up pretty well against them
0: yeah and uh, like your last fight against that uh what was it rex harris was it rex right? harris yep um, like a tough fight. Like the first thing. Like I always, whenever I see an opponent, like for some of the guys that I know, I'm like, "Gee, how stacked was he when you got in the cage? Cause he looked fucking stacked in the photos." Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, he had a weird body type though, man. He like his arms and his chest and shit were like fucking huge, obviously.
0: Yeah, he had
1: like a little skinny waist. He had like it looks like he had like a twenty six inch waist. He, yeah, um,
0: so he had to get like, like, he- a build. I saw the the you know you know like the promo photos and all that kind of shit and I'm like Ch- yeah. Jesus Christ he's gonna go in there with a fucking like a thing or anything but I mean you're yeah. you're big and you're big and strong yourself so it, it, like I'm not, I'm never like worried about that but like sometimes you know you. I had this conversation when I talked to Kyle Prep, Like, like sometimes you stand across from a guy and you're like, "Jesus fucking Christ, what fuck, am, I about-? Why am I doing?" This? Yeah, why am I doing this? <laughs> and then when you get your hands on him, you're like, oh, "Okay, it's not so bad." But like that first, there's like thirty, oh, yeah. there's like thirty seconds when you see the guy like flex his pec, and you're like, "Oh fuck, what the fuck?" Do <laughs>
1: you remember when I fought uh fucking way back in the amateur days, Tim Bean Blossom? What was the guy's name?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that
1: one. Short fucking jack dude too, like a similar build to to Rex Harris. Um and I smashed him too.
0: How do you feel when you um do you still get like a little bit of uh intimidation by physicality anymore or is that kind of uh thing in the past?
1: Um I don't know, man, it's funny. You always like it seems like it should be like an amateur fighter thing to yeah. like talk about how the guy looked at way ins but we'll still do it, man. I'm fucking 14 professional fights in and like you still do that the way and be like oh he looks kind of soft or he looks tucked down or he's not as big as i thought he was going to be like i still say it
0: yeah i think and i think it's because it's the psychology of the sport i think it's like uh you're you're trying to find any chink in the armor to give yourself a psychological or physical edge and sometimes like it works out sometimes it doesn't like i remember uh the last guy i fought when we watched his tape he was fucking fat and we we're like oh okay we'll take this fight he's fat yeah then he yeah. fucking show up to the weigh-in he's chiseled the shit i'm like oh jesus yeah. christ <laughs>
1: i like, got his diet under control yeah huh?
0: got got his diet under control just to fight me you know yeah. <laughs> uh so anything coming up for military yet or is it still it's still all new so it's still in the works
1: yeah it's still in the works still looking um they were trying to get me on a card uh in paris actually may sixth. i don't know if that's happening anymore so uh just waiting the year.
0: Well, we might be in a war by then, so you may not be able to Yeah, fight. that's what I'm
1: thinking. I don't really want to fly over that. I know it's, like, a totally different part of Europe and whatever, but yeah, uh, I don't uh, really want to fly that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, given that, I mean, I want, like, that's another topic we can touch, even though I wasn't planning it. Like, what do you think about um, different – like, it's not happening in MMA yet, and I hope it doesn't come here, but, like, uh, given this, this crisis that's happening with this war and uh, – I feel like it's unfairly targeting some Russian athletes. Um, like they have nothing to do with what's going on. Um, yeah, I heard they
1: they like banned some athletes from from something alone. Yeah, or something, I, and,
0: I mean, Olympics is one thing because they were fucking juicing to their gills for the Olympics. Yeah. But um, I mean, other sports, they're kind of ridiculing uh, Russian athletes, and I don't agree because they, to be quite honest, they don't have fucking anything to do with what's going on uh yeah. so i mean it, it, it's not it's a political issue but what do you feel about that and i'm hoping it doesn't spread into mma where mma guys lose fights and because uh, like we were just talking about uh is tight for a lot of fighters
2: mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: so losing a fight based on you know something that the president of your fucking country is doing it seems
1: yeah it doesn't make any sense man it's all political shit i guess right like i don't know what they think that's gonna accomplish like putin's not gonna stop doing what he's doing because some of his athletes can't compete somewhere. I don't think yeah. he gives a shit about that. So, uh, yeah. Doesn't make uh, much
0: it seems to me it's just some bunch of virtue signaling stuff. Cause I know like, um, uh, Peter Yan, uh, he's having trouble getting his corner to the States to corner him for a big title fight. Um, I mean, like these are situations like I understand what's going on, but you know, these are, they're athletes. They're competing. Like, This is it shouldn't be that way, but it's kind of crossing over to that way. And I mean, I I hope that like bigger organizations like Bellator that you're fighting in now uh, actually get some of the athletes out of there Mm -hmm. beforehand to save those fights. For sure. sure. Like, if for example, if you're going to fight some Russian guy from Russia, like fly his ass out two months before to make sure he's
2: getting there uh, exactly. Yeah,
0: because I mean. At the end of the day it does affect it affects the North American guys too, right? Like if oh, those guys can't yeah. fight.
1: Yeah, if Buddy doesn't show up on fight week then there goes my paycheck too, because they're probably not finding someone to fill in on yeah, short notice. And,
0: and I mean that's happened to you a bunch of times too at the mm-hmm. so I mean so I mean you're used to it, but it sucks. It sucks balls
2: mm-hmm. as hell. Yep. Uh, that's
0: <laughs> now you were able to train and fight a lot during the pandemic, which is really mm-hmm. hard for a lot of people. Um and I think like a lot of people would love to know how you were able, like, I know you did a lot of traveling. You got the fuck out of Canada cause of, uh, what was going on here with the lockdowns and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. how did you manage to compete so frequently, compete at a very high level, do very well, uh, given the fact that, you know, in Canada, where are you from, where you live, you, you can, you can do shit or at least it was hard enough to do shit. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I just got lucky, man. Um, Like we we kept getting fight offers and kept saying yes to them. Um, I think a lot of people when this shit first went down too were like uh, they had the wrong impression of what travel was actually like. Like when my first uh, fight during the pandemic happened, I went to Miami and it was like a few months after all the lockdown stuff started. So like no one was traveling at all.
2: Yeah,
1: And you go to the airport and like no one gave a shit. Like going through the airport was still totally normal. Like when I came back, there was a quarantine. So that was new. But to go anywhere was like – there was no restrictions. Like shit was closed and whatever, but uh, they weren't stopping you from, from going anywhere. So it was actually fairly easy. Um, but yeah, I think I just got lucky in terms of like getting fights during all this stuff.
0: How did, were you able to uh, keep up training? I mean I know you went to the States. you in Las Vegas for a while yeah. uh, preparing. But when you were at home – did you find it difficult? I know you guys have a close-knit group down yeah. uh, where you are, uh, but still, was it a little bit difficult having to sneak around to kind of get into places to ju- just to do your job, you know?
1: Yeah, that, that was actually the biggest hassle was just the training. Like, we had bylaw officers, like, calling the gym and shit all the time and trying to shut us down. Actually, one day, somebody left the door unlocked when we were having, like, one of our private training sessions and this bylaw chick came down and, like, started taking notes and like was about to write up some tickets until we had like 30 fucking shirtless 20 ties (laughs) down in the basement gym. I've never seen the place clear out so fast and she came down and like, someone's like, Oh, that's byline. Everyone was out of there in like fucking two minutes. It was wild.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, you still got it done. You still were able to prepare. Um, but I can't, I can't imagine it was, it was easy. And, And then you, um, you took off for las vegas right for a lot of those fights yeah how was the training down there uh where were you at there you're right
1: uh syndicate
0: syndicate how was uh i know they have a big room there with a lot of high skill guys how -hmm. did how how did that room kind of compare to getting ready for your fights that you had
1: uh it was good man i actually didn't plan plan on staying that long down there either i i uh, was gonna go for like a month or two and then um like I had to apply for a work visa, so then this process is going on. You're not allowed to like travel country borders with that. So I ended up staying the whole time, but uh, it was sick, man. I, I've been there once before a few years back uh, and made some connections, and I wanted to go somewhere for that Contender Series training camp, so uh, I went back there, and yeah, it was it was awesome. Like you yeah. said, a lot of high level guys in that room. Well,
0: yeah, a lot of high level guys, definitely pushing you. And and to, I mean, the bonus part about that is they're all getting ready for UFC, Bellator you know one fc fights as well so they're all pushing themselves at the same time it's not like you were going there and you're the only one getting ready right which yeah, happened so which happens in canada a lot of the times where like, sure. you're the only one in the room that has a fight which kind of yeah. it sucks because then you got to get guys to push you but they're not pushing themselves so it, the energy's not the same yeah it's not the same energy but i mean at a gym like that be, i can guarantee the energy is 100% all the time. Do you almost have to scale yourself back sometimes uh, from overtraining in a place like that?
1: Uh, yeah, and especially considering I was down there for like five or six months with my fight book. Like it was the longest training camp ever. They scheduled it really far in advance for that contender series fight. So uh, yeah, the, like I had to take a few weekends off and shit to, to not overdo it um another cool thing about vegas is that because it's right by the the ufcpi and there were so many fights going on there like yeah. during the pandemic they're just hosting it all there there's so many guys coming in and out that need a gym for like a few weeks like they're they're from out of country or just from further away so they come into vegas and they're just looking for a gym to train at for for a few weeks so you get like a lot of guys coming in and out and different bodies and stuff which is cool
0: and uh and I know, like, your experience, but did you get a little starstruck a couple times when some of those guys walked in?
1: For sure. Uh, biggest one was uh, Cowboy.
0: Yeah, i yeah. <laughs> you, you, you did some sparring with him?
1: Yeah, I tried the Cowboy for a run. You know, dude, uh, the way I met him was actually so funny, too. He thought I was Mike Pyle at first because Mike Pyle had a mullet back in yeah, yeah, day. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he came up behind me and, like, smacked me on the ass and I turned around and he's like oh you're not my pal I thought you were my pal and he got so fucking weird about it and like wouldn't talk to me for the next 20 minutes and he like finally warmed up to me and we ended up sparring but uh no he was like super weirded out at first when
0: you started sparring you were like holy fucking shit I'm fucking sparring with cowboy shit yeah <laughs> and then you get hit once you're like okay this is real I gotta fucking <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah it was pretty cool man
0: uh, and, and he, he's a cool guy. I'm, I'm assuming he's just a really, yeah. yeah like he, really he's, children, he's yeah. as advertised, like how I, how he is in the media is how he is. In exactly. Yeah, exactly. He, and, uh, so Las Vegas, you think that's like home away from home for you in terms of preparation now?
1: Um, I don't know. Yeah. i got a lot of connections there and, uh, like me and my girl stayed at an Airbnb and we made good friends with the host and she became like a, a mother to us down there I Was like cooking food for us and stuff all the time. So that was cool. Um, but I was just down in Florida for a few weeks and I feel yeah. like I have another home there too and it's closer and, and now I have some connections there. So, uh,
0: you're yeah, at, you were, at, uh, you were uh, training with hoofs guys at, uh, Sanford, right?
1: Sanford, yeah. And yeah. They, that's another
0: beast of a room too.
1: For sure. Yeah.
0: They have a lot so, of more Brazilians there too, don't they?
1: Yeah. A lot of Brazilians, um, just a lot of guys in general, like same with Vegas, man. I think they have like 200 pro fighters or something on their team. I heard
0: yeah that's a fucking lot of guys <laughs> as hard yeah. as that's one of those rooms where you don't stand out from the crowd you kind of just you're yeah, just, exactly. yeah.
1: That's, that's the thing about these big rooms too um you're not going to get a lot of like one-on-one coaching really yeah. like you're you're just a number in the room right unless you're like one of the, the top guys or you've been there since the beginning or whatever you just don't get the same attention
0: yeah so you feel like uh you know it's good to get out there and, and get the rounds in with those high level guys, but still it's kind of better to be back with your crew in, uh, yeah. in Niagara with uh, Perkid and all those guys. Just getting yeah, those exactly. the, the, de- the details, right?
1: The skill development, like I, I can develop my skills so much better here. Like I, I can do the work that I need to do. Um, I work on things that I need to work on. My coaches like doing directed shit with me. And I can go down there and get some hard rounds and fucking bash heads with some guys, <laughs>
0: yeah. see where the
1: holes in my game are, or see what's working well for me. Then come yeah. back and, and then kind come of back. Fix and up.
0: Are you used to that travel life now? Like going back and forth? Do you like it, or is it something that you kind of could do without, but you just do it because?
1: Um, no, I like it. I like going to different places, meeting people. Uh, I definitely like getting the fuck out of Canada during the winter. That's that's a yeah. big plus.
0: Get the fuck out of Canada Um, in general. In in general,
1: (laughs) man. It can be exhausting. Like, I've been actually pretty much living out of a suitcase for like the past few years. Like, I don't even unpack it anymore. I'm in Niagara right now. I've been to Florida. I've been to Vegas. Um, I go to my mom's on weekends, which is like a few hours away from here. So I'm kind of like all over the place all the time. So uh, it can be exhausting, but I like it at the same time.
0: Well, I mean, you're still young and you're in your prime of your career, so like it. I mean, if you're gonna do shit like that, it's time to do it, right? Yeah, Whereas, exactly. like once you uh, once you settle down, like my ass, you, you're pretty much. You, I only can. Yeah. <laughs> I can't travel to train anymore. I gotta stay yeah, in the same. Fu- and road
1: trip into Vegas with your kid in the car, probably.
0: Oh fuck no 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 I, <laughs> I, I I I uh, I'm lucky now. I only have uh, I only have to watch them once a week, so. On those days, I'll take them to the gym. Sometimes, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. sometimes I just like just getting my kids to the gym is fucking exhausting. Like, yeah. and, then, and then I gotta get my ass bashed in by so you know, some of the killers yeah. that I'm fucking training with. Uh, yeah, uh, and then I'll get home and I'll have plans to like do other shit during the day. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm fucking done by two o'clock. I'm yeah. wasted. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, hold off on the kids if, you, if that's not part of the plan. Because <laughs> if you plan on traveling, it's not happening. I gotta, yeah. I gotta go just to North York, and I'm fucking dying from that travel. So, yeah. But uh, <laughs> when you were on Contender Series, I know you had two tough guys that you had to compete against. Two very, I think both of them are in the UFC, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it, and this is, and it's because I'm your friend, and I'm your, and, I, and I like it a lot. But uh, I thought it was very unfair how they were kind of, the media was kind of uh, hating on you a little bit after that last one, mm-hmm. like, like uh, the one, one of the articles I was reading how they were talking about, uh, you know, you, you lost the decision, and they're like, oh, he might not get it, like his chances are over. How did you mm-hmm. feel like um, about that kind of like? I feel like it's 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 coming from people who don't really know the sport don't really know you as an athlete don't really know your journey and mm-hmm. what and what you've been through to get to those points how did you feel like and did you ignore them do how did you feel when you kind of see that kind of negative kind of press that's coming your way with that kind of stuff
1: part of the sport man i mean it's gonna suck no matter what like you can try and brush it off i mean maybe you can mostly brush it off but i think it, it'll get you a little bit no matter what i mean if you want to get to the highest level, that's only going to get worse, right? Like, I'm still basically a nobody in this sport, like, doing nothing really, and there's this media about me. So, like, imagine being, like, Conor McGregor when you're on top of the world yeah. and, like, you lose a few fights, and it's, like, fucking what I experience times a million. So uh, it's just something you got to deal with.
0: Do you, uh, do you, like, look at the comments or any of that kind of shit and engage, or do you kind of just, like, let it go now or just kind of keep uh, your –
1: No, I actually like uh, responding to people on Instagram. Like, like after Contender Series, I responded to every single message I got. And it was like, it must have been like close to a thousand messages. Like, it took me a few days to get through it all. Um, And there's some haters that are like, you're a fucking bum. I don't know. I don't know who's telling you you're good at this (laughs) shit, Like, you're not. Like, you got to listen to somebody else. Like, quit the sport now while you're ahead. I don't know. I think it's funny to reply to it. Most of them are just trolls. And they'll be like, oh, shit, man. I didn't think you were going to. Can reply I like all jokes, man. Like respect and whatever. Yeah, so, uh, it, it's funny when you get those replies too.
0: Yeah, and d- does it? I mean, does it get to you a little bit, or does it? Kind of, you like at this point, are you kind of like brushing off because you know it's just part part of the game? It is just part
1: of the game, man. Just haters. It's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, I mean. uh I know, I know. Like Joe Rogan's, like, don't pay attention to the comments, but I have to fucking engage in the comments sometimes. Too. Yeah, because like yeah. I, after my last oh. fight, I had had a, had a few people message me. Like, I saw your fight on uh, on TV. Good luck. Uh, like, fuck you. You're not gonna do that to other guys. I'm like,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm like,
0: I'm like, thanks for the reply, but like, yeah. I must be doing something. Or like, you must be doing something, right? If you took time out of your fucking day to hate on me, <laughs> so, uh, now. Now that you're you're back home and you're kind of chilling and you've had time to digest Canada and and its landscape and uh, how do you feel like over the last two years because of the pandemic and uh, I mean basically fights haven't been happening in Canada at all basically uh, just a few here or there uh, how do you feel like the for someone like you who who wants to or is, is in that prime position how do you feel like the Canadian landscape of MMA got affected by the pandemic? Do you think it was uh, overall negative or do you think there's a bounce back in terms of guys being able to compete and, and build their way up after the two years?
1: Well there's definitely a bounce back happening right now. Like BTC being active again, um, Montreal fight league, like the amateur show uh, in Quebec is having fights again. And there's one out east that's happening in a few out west. So this is good. I mean, it's, it's coming back right now for sure. Um definitely sucks for for a lot of the guys during those two years that weren't able to fight. Like I said, I I got super lucky and I had a bunch of fights. Like it was probably one of the most active times of my career.
2: Yeah.
1: Um so I'm lucky and I mean like selfishly it didn't really affect my life that much. Like I was still training and fighting and like doing my normal shit. So to me it was like fucking annoying to see this stuff, but it didn't affect me that much that I really Cared to the extent of some other people, yeah. um But uh yeah, man, it's good to see it's coming back. um Tough, tough for some of the guys, but like, hopefully, they were just training and getting getting better during that time, and now they're gonna get some fights in.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like it uh, possibly hurt? Like the the professional level is what it is. Like you know, at least guys are getting paid, so that they'll they'll take a fight wherever the fuck they want. I feel mm-hmm. like maybe it kind of hurt the amateur ranks a lot more. Um, I think that that it set back the sport at least three years in terms of getting quality amateurs, because what I, I don't know if you noticed this, I was noticing that a lot of the shows that were popping up during the pandemic or like between the lockdowns and stuff in order to fill the cards, they were kind of getting uh, amateurs uh, license and just getting them in there just to kind of get the shows going. Whereas Mm -hmm some of them may not have necessarily been ready to
2: mm-hmm. fight
0: professionally yet. And they needed, you know, you know when you need those one or two more amateur fights just to kind of uh, turn the corner uh, mm-hmm. where, where it's not there anymore. And then for the other guys that were 18, 19, 20, maybe had one or two. Now they've been off for three years. Um, do you see that being a problem in a, in a few, in a few years?
1: Probably. I mean, like our, our talent pool is already pretty small in Canada, right? Like our population is just not there. We don't have the, the amount of people that it takes to like have the, the same like sports talent pool as they do in the States. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be impossible to say, right? I mean, yeah. we weren't doing big things before. Now it's maybe it's going to be even worse, but I guess we'll never really know.
0: Yeah. Are you looking to possibly, I mean, I don't, does Bellator do many shows in Canada anymore? They don't do many shows here. They used to. Know, they used to know. do. I remember I went to one in uh, in Windsor. They did one in Windsor at the Casino. Oh, really? there, oh Way, Dude, way back. I, I, so. I know. But, uh, I mean, is that one of your goals, to fight in, like, your hometown for a big promotion?
1: Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. I think it'd be awesome even to have UFC back here and just, like, bring more attention to the sport again.
0: I don't think they're coming back here for a while. Never, <laughs> Uh, Well... Look at the hoops you have to jump through just to fly wow. over. Uh, I yeah. mean, Dana Dana's a smart guy. So is Scott, your new boss. They're both mm-hmm. smart guys. Uh, to hold a show in anywhere that's giving any kind of problems for just regular civilians to get into, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, good luck getting fi- like I know BTC yeah, had a
1: couple of quarantine and
2: shit too, right? There,
0: there's the quarantine and shit, uh, certain venues – uh, I mean like you I mean you live in ontario you know like okay they dropped the vax passes but certain places are still allowed to quote quote mm-hmm. enforce it on themselves so mm-hmm. like now you have to import guys fly guys over get visas like mm-hmm. for even for big organizations like the us or Bellator like the money that's wasted to kind of do that it's a headache, it's, it's a headache. so like yeah. why why would they even do that like I know Bellator does a lot of work in the uk so I mean yeah. And the, the UFC just had a big show out in the UK on the week uh, yesterday. So, I mean, that that's possible. But I don't – Canada seems like because of the way we handled shit, I don't think we're going to get anything for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we do, uh, it's going to be so restrictive. It won't even – I mean, it will be – Yeah, and even,
1: even like the – the draw for them here is probably not the same. Like, they go to UK and that place is fucking wild. It's jam packed with these like UK hooligans that are like screaming and going nuts. I don't think it's the same in Canada. No,
0: it's not the same here. I mean, I, were you at the first UFC that came here? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was there and that was, that was fucking electric when mm-hmm. in, in the Rogers Center. And I've been to subsequent shows and regard it only if there's a local guy on the car, you'll feel some energy in mm-hmm. the crowd, but it's it's just not the same as it was when it popped on the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know why. Do you think it's just that's just Canada for you in terms of MMA?
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a good question. And, and maybe just because there's no GSP anymore, I don't know. He was like the big guy that everyone wanted to watch. We don't have like the Canadian superstar anymore.
0: Yeah. yeah now you bring that up, that could be the thing. But at the same time, GSP wasn't like – he wasn't the most vocal guy. He no. was he was just the best guy, and he just happened to be from Canada, mm-hmm. and he he was the most dominant guy at the time. So, and then it was mm-hmm. like the perfect storm. There it was illegal in Canada for the longest time, and then they legalized it, and he just happened to be the best guy. So, I don't mm-hmm. know if the if you present the same GSP now uh, with the same circumstances, you would get the same reaction. Because yeah. you have guys – I mean, look at Conor McGregor. He fucking – he changed the game in terms of how uh, entertainment value is put on that.
2: Does, mm-hmm. does
0: that ever – now that you're uh, moving up into the – you uh, want to get a little bit more entertaining with the mullet style and, and kind of yeah. <laughs> bring, bring more attention to it that way? Or, like yeah, I, know I, you're not, I know you're not I mean, much of a big talker, but do you think that, that's exactly.
1: – yeah, you know me. I'm like a pretty soft-spoken guy. I'm definitely not going to be like talking show on camera or anything. Um, and I just did this like mullet mustache thing for a joke, and it kind of like caught some steam. And now it's like the Bellator website has like the silhouette of the guy with like the mullet and the mustache. So I'm like, fuck it, man. I guess I'll I'll ride this out while I can.
0: Roll, roll with the punches, take it, because you never know. You, yeah. That's some. Uh, you might get some uh, hair product uh, sponsorships deals yeah. coming down the pipe.
2: <laughs> uh, like um,
1: mustache wax.
0: <laughs> then that and that was just you just did it for fun, huh?
1: Yeah, I was like growing my hair, like everyone was doing like kind of the COVID quarantine hair or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and I was growing it out, and then uh, I actually took like a few weeks off out of the gym during that time. And then I came back, and my hair was bugging me so much during training. And I was like, I kind of like the flow though, so I don't want to have to flow, but it's like in my face <laughs> all the time. So I will do a fucking mullet for a bit, and yeah. then uh, I ended up fighting right after, and it was like all they talked about. Was they called me like. Trailer Park Trudeau or some shit
0: on the mic. Oh, man, you don't even want to be associated with that guy anymore. I know, you know, I know. <laughs> that's the worst comparison now. Like, maybe he like looked, five five years ago.
1: Fucking, yeah, back in the day, man, people used to say I looked like him so much.
0: No, I don't see it. I don't see it. But, no, I mean, no, at, maybe it's because I like you and I fucking hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it is. But, uh, no, I mean – just ride it. I say ride that fucking mullet till it dies, bro. Because you never know who's watching, and somebody might yeah. be like, "Hey, sign me yeah. up. Let's sign this guy up. Just go, yeah. Just go knock your Romero out, fucking uh, King Kong his ass, and then
2: yeah, they, 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 <laughs> they, they, there you go. Yeah, now,
0: now, that you're in that deep uh, pool, that deep talent pool, I, I like. I know it kind of the news just set in, and you kind of just signed, but has it kind of sunk in that you're now among some of the most elite guys in the world
1: um yeah i mean i don't know you don't really think about it that much right like your, your career goes in like incremental steps kind of so uh like you never really sit back and like look at the big picture i guess like this is a bigger step uh comparatively than than other steps in the career but uh i don't know man shit happens fast you you never really sit down and smell the roses you kind of just Keep keep moving along and keeping what you're doing,
0: but but I mean now that you are there, like I want to know, I want to know how does it feel to like I'm t- I'm telling you, you're part of the fucking elite bunch now. Like you yeah. are one or two fights away from competing against the likes of Gegard Musasi, Yola Romero, uh, Lorenz Larkin, and just to name a few. They have uh, Korshkov, too. Hell, fucking Douglas Lima might be on the list for you as well. Like yeah. those those are. Legitimate top fucking guys. Arguably, some of them are like I know the pound for pound lists only kind of uh, take into account uh, the UFC, which I think is stupid. Mm-hmm. But you know, the guy that you're chasing right now, in my opinion, is pound for pound, top five in the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If not uh, even uh, more, like let that sink in. How does it feel to be among that group now?
2: Scary, but it's cool. <laughs>
1: crazy man like you're like we talked about fucking these guys that we fought like in our pro debuts or amateur fights like some fucking bum that had like two fights and and never fought again and like who is he now and now we're talking about Gegard Musashi so uh
0: yeah yeah I mean we started amateur around the same time too and we fought we fought on the same card uh for a while too I mean I remember that uh who is that guy you fought there was a Remember that card we had? We had that card where you fought that guy with a bunch of fucking tattoos. Yeah, like, the
1: tap-out tattoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His mom? Or no, it wasn't him. It was a different fight. Some guy's mom climbed into the. Yeah, cage yeah, yeah, and then uh, viral.
0: <laughs> And then I and I got sick. Remember, and I had diarrhea. <laughs> I had diarrhea the day of the fight, and uh, I remember just
1: pissing nonstop and like pissing right before you walked out. Yeah, <laughs> fight. and
0: then um. No, I, w- I was sick because I had cut weight in the tub because for everyone for who doesn't, doesn't know what it's like to hang out with this fucking guy on Fightnet, let me tell you what it's like. This fucking guy watches Food Network all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> he watches Food Network all Ooh. the fucking time while you're cutting weight and you like I'm like dying and this guy just watched Food Network. But what ended up happening was I cut all the weight and then I, I'm a dumbass, so I didn't realize you should probably put the food that you travel with you know, in the fridge. So I ate my last meal and then went to bed yeah. and it was bad. And so I woke up and I was fucked up and then I, thankfully I ended the fight in like 27 seconds, but then you came up to me like, dude, did you have to take a shit? I'm like, no, I just, he just put his head there. Oh, then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You're like, cause you thought I had, you thought I just fucking went for the choke because I had to get out. I have to, I'm like, yeah. no, I'm like, no, I didn't have to take a shit, but he just put his head there. I finished it. Thank God. That's
2: funny. I remember that.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, you ended up fucking torturing that guy in like a two minutes, right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah that,
2: uh, tattoos, yeah,
0: those, those are fun nights. And then, yeah, that that was the other thing. The kid's mom jumped over the cage; she has got choked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. I even bet see that's that.
1: on YouTube, man. You can find them YouTube. Like, if you type in like "MMA fighter's mom jumps in the cage," it's probably so there. Yeah,
0: and we didn't know anything about that until like the night after. We're like, what? Yeah. Really, that happened? Because we were in the hotel room warming up and. It just, that was a pretty decent venue where the hotel was right uh, next into the same place, but uh,
1: it was into the exact same place, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. You just walk from your hotel fair. to the to the warm up. Yeah. Uh, how do you like now that you've done so many high level fights? Now, when you make that travel from you know where you're staying to the to the venue, that now that you've fought in, in so many uh, so much you know in a higher higher profile fights. Is that when the nerves kick in, or is it more when you kind of walking out?
1: Um, I'd say like all through fight week, you get like the moments of the nerves. Right? Like there's some nights where you're you're in bed and you're starting to fall asleep, and you start thinking about the fight and you get some anxiety, and then you're like up for a bit at night. Um, but I'm usually pretty good until uh, until like the warm up, yeah. uh, like going to the venue and shit. I'm I'm usually still like pretty chill, like joking around with the guys and shooting the shit and whatever. It's like when you're wrapping up and, and getting warm and whatever, that's when it that really starts.
0: Starts sinking in that you're about to do something fucking stupid. and
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fight <laughs> well, another man.
0: And uh, I'm, you, you're so experienced at this game now, but I mean I like to ask this because every guy's regimen is different. Um, how do you manage to split everything up? Because like we got the jiu-jitsu, we got the MMA, we got the grappling, the wrestling – um, now that you've reached this level, how, how has you been able to tune into like those things that you need and the things that you need to work on? And so how, what is a typical week for Aaron Jeffrey kind of look like for someone that wants to know?
1: Um, good question. Well, so we have our, our pro practices consistently every day at 11am. Uh, Monday is like hard wrestling, Tuesday's striking, uh, Wednesday's jits. Thursday is sparring, Friday is striking again. Um and then Saturday is usually sparring again too, uh at BPC. Um evenings evenings vary, like maybe depending on how I'm feeling. Like if I'm super banged up, I probably don't want to like wrestle hard again. So I'll do like pads or striking drilling or bag work or something. Um but usually it's like the morning session's the the hard one. Uh it's like an hour and a half, two hours drilling and then usually live work. Uh, And then evenings are usually, like, pads or or drilling or bag or something like that.
2: Yeah.
0: But
1: usually it's uh, 10, 11 sessions a week, like, three to four hours a day.
0: So you're still doing uh, doubles even on your off times?
1: Yeah. Like, year-round, pretty much, yeah. Do you
0: you find your body kind of just responds to it now, or do you find you get worn out a little bit uh, at certain times?
1: Um. I mean, I'm always fucking worn out. Like, I'm, I'm tired <laughs> constantly. I just assume that's, like, normal for someone that's getting in fights every day. Yeah. Uh, I think I train more than most guys. That's what they tell me, that they, they can't keep up my volume or how you're training so much or whatever, this kind of shit. Um, yeah, I guess you get used to it. Or maybe you don't really get used to it, but you get used to feeling like shit all the time. That's probably me.
0: Yeah, you're used to that fucking beat up feelings so like yeah when you, when you feel good you're like shit something's wrong
2: <laughs> yeah, what's yeah, like,
0: I, I should i should be sore in this spot why the fuck is <laughs> it i'm an sore it's uh, like having
1: kids right you don't really get used to it you just get used to the feeling of being fucking exhausted all the time
0: pretty much did and then yeah. like my like um i've had a lot like the last month has been really rough i have to actually scale back on some of the gym stuff because my son has like he has full body eczema so like he'll uh itch and he won't sleep and so have fun. Mm-hmm. and like it, it, you'll be like falling asleep and or you'll be I'll be already asleep cuz I take fucking CBD and I'm high and I'm fucking out but mm-hmm. it, this is how this is how annoying it is like you'll be out like I'm fucking like if you've ever been high and you know what it's like to sleep like normal people sleep fucking through that but my son was like, uh, uh, that fucking terrible sound, <laughs> like, constantly <laughs> and so like, like for the last month, I've been like, there was one weekend we were, we slept for like three hours, like we couldn't sleep for, oh. and so i like, when though, like that's a special situation though, like, yeah. it, is, it is what it is, but, um, how do, how do you manage, uh, the recovery part of, uh, your game now that at this stage in your career?
1: um i sleep and i eat a lot that's, that's pretty much it i mean, i get like pretty consistently nine hours a night uh i say three or four times a week i take a nap during the day for like an hour so that's that's a lot of sleep i eat like between four and five thousand calories a day that's a lot of food yeah um I, I sauna my mom has a sauna at her place so i'll sauna a couple times a week and like stretching the sauna and shit um yeah that's pretty much it eating sleeping stretching
0: that's living the fighter's life right there. And yeah, I know man. I know you've been pretty blessed with your career not having too many uh major injuries. Like I know you've had uh, some knee stuff in the past, but nothing mm-hmm. nothing major where you've had to actually take uh significant mm-hmm. amounts of time off. Nope.
2: Um
0: like how how like uh, that's something like like somebody like myself I fucking get broken every 2 seconds. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people want to know how are you able to do what you do at such a high level with such a high volume and still, you know, stay in one piece and relatively for for most part, not have to take significant amount of time mm-hmm. off for injuries.
1: I don't know, man, probably good genetics. Like my, my coaches will always say, shit too, like you should maybe dial it back a bit. You're getting worn down. You're going to maybe get hurt uh i always say i think like the sport are a big part of the luck if you're the guy that can fucking push through and like not blow out his knee then you can be the guy that makes it through the top if you're the guy that when he pushes hard he blows out his knee that sucks and sorry sorry for you but i guess you're not that guy
0: so so basically you know you you cue it up to you know you take care of yourself you do what you have to do and it is what it is if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't right that's yeah. it. And
1: I, I have fucked up my knees a couple of times, like nothing serious, like you said, never like significant amount of time off, but uh, had like some, some grade two tears and been out of the gym for like a couple months at a time. So uh, it, I think it will happen to everyone. It's just uh, like mitigating it as much as possible.
0: Yeah. I mean, it like, I mean, I'm sure you, you know, my story where like sometimes shit just pops and mm-hmm. and I truly like what you just said there truly to me, Makes the most sense. Genetics fucking count for shit because, like, sure. when I when I kind of evaluate my fucking family timeline, the only professional thing they should be doing is playing professional dominoes and beer drinking, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, like, uh, like that that has a big part to play in it. Uh, but at the same time, you do do all the right things. I know you're heavily into nutrition and mm-hmm. um and, and what you're eating, and you're very careful about that. How much does that play into uh, when you're, when you're cutting, like I know you, you don't have to necessarily bring people in for that process because you've got that background from school, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, dude, my cut's super easy. I mean, I also went up a weight class early in my career. So like a lot of guys are asking me all the time, like, let's, let's teach you How do you cut weight so easy? I'm like, go up a weight class, man. That's going to save you the most trouble. More than any dietary advice I could give you, go up a weight class and that's going to fucking save you a lot of work um i'm still like um i walk around like 200 pounds as a middleweight i'm not like huge for the weight class but it's still somewhat of a weight test but uh no i I pretty much got it down to a science and i do my like fight week diet uh and it gets me right down like i'll wake up on weight i'll maybe sweat a pound last time i sweat one pound and then i came in one pound under so i didn't really have to and then uh fight night will be back up to 200 pounds again
0: so do you try to make sure that you're in that certain range so that you don't have to do too much work when time comes? Or is it kind of something where your body is kind of settled into that weight?
1: Um, a bit of both. Like I could definitely get up to like 210 if I wanted to, if I just like ate like shit or ate nonstop or like cut back on my training a bunch. I, I would put on some pounds for sure. But uh, no, I'm pretty careful about my diet year-round.
0: Yeah, I mean, you and you have that significant nutritional background. Right, Uh that has to come into play. Do you you find like a lot of guys are coming to you for help now to kind of hone in on that kind of their, that part of the game?
1: Um, a little bit. Fighters, not so much. I don't know. Like, I, I have some guys come me like, oh, I don't want to bug you. I know you're training too, so I don't want to like reach out. I don't know if you're taking clients, so not that many fighters. Uh More of my clients are like kind of recreational gym goers, like people that want to lose a few pounds and whatever.
0: Yeah, and that's something that you're you're super passionate about. And that's is that what like. I know, like it's it's shitty to ask fighters about this, like what what's your plans for the future, like what do you want to do, but like when you know when it's all written in the book and when you've when you've done your last one, where do you uh, see yourself in terms of what do you want to do with your life and your career and and your experiences after that?
1: Yeah, I, w- I would love to do that because I've been kind of doing it alongside fighting the whole time, um, like worked in a weight loss clinic while I was like fighting professionally and now i've opened my own business and my own clients so uh yeah i would love if i could grow that to the point where that's like self-sustaining and i can just do that full-time after fighting
0: yeah and i mean you're super passionate about it so i'm sure it doesn't really uh it's second nature to you right exactly, exactly. and the one other things i wanted to ask you about is your strength and conditioning routine now if we look at aaron jeffrey in the cage he's fucking ripped Now, we know you're doing all your MMA training and stuff, but how does um, the maintenance work in terms of your strength and conditioning come into play uh, now at this point uh, that you've gone to to this point in your career?
1: Yeah, maybe you're gonna hate me for for saying this because you're a, a trainer and I know you do a lot yeah. of this shit, but I don't do anything I don't, I don't touch weights at all anymore.
0: No, no, it's it's not no, not a part of the game. I don't hate you for it. For some guys, it works. Some guys, it doesn't.
1: Yeah, right. The only time I will is like, uh, like if I was at home on quarantine after one of my fights, I got like a fucking fifty pound kettlebell that I'll swing around because I'm at home bored. But uh, like right now, training twice a day, I don't do weights at all.
0: So do you find that that's helped you, or like, does your does your body um, deteriorate because you're not doing it, or like?
1: I don't know. I, it's hard to say because, like, it's, it's impossible to compare. I mean, I could start lifting weights a few times a week and and see how I feel if I feel any different. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't feel like I need it. Like I never feel. Weaker than anyone in the cage. I don't feel like I need yeah. to do a ton of strength work. Obviously, like people are always mentioning my gas tank. So I don't think conditioning is a big thing. Um, people talk about injury prevention. I'm not really getting injured. So I don't know. I don't see the need for it. If yeah. I can add another like skill development session instead of a weight session, I think that's more beneficial for me right now.
0: Yeah. And did you used to have it as a part of your game or did, and then you just kind of dropped it out or like how did that kind of this formula that you have now come to fruition?
1: Yeah, I remember at Vision, we did those fucking crazy Monday night conditioning. Yeah. And I did that consistently for however many years I was there. And that shit was fucking hard, man. We were doing like a hour and a half of circuit training of like lifting weights and fucking sprinting and push-ups and all this shit. And I would go home just aching. And I did that for years. And then there was a short time where I was like trying to lift heavy, just mostly like squats and depths and, and trying to put weight on the bar and I did that for a bit. And then... uh i don't know i just slowly did it less and less and until it wasn't there at all and now i'm like i don't want to cut out a, a training session to add in a weight session so i just don't do it anymore
0: when you're when you're done fighting you see yourself going back to that a little bit just to kind of keep maintain your body i guess right
1: i think so because I, I do enjoy it sometimes too if you get together with a buddy and like go in the gym and fucking lift some heavy shit and yeah. go around, go around <laughs> some weights it's fun so yeah I think, I think i'll do it again in the future
0: yeah. Just grunt. We just need to go there and grunt. Yeah. We don't need to, we need to lift any fucking way. Let's just, <laughs> just, <go, laughs> just go and grunt. And, uh, no, but that's interesting because like, when you talk to a lot of different athletes in a lot of different sports, not a lot of them would say that. or You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of them have a big strength and conditioning part to their routine which, is, which makes you unique because you've been super successful without it. Um, so, I mean, that's a telltale sign. I find, this is me personally, that the strength and conditioning kind of makes you sore and it mm-hmm. makes you a little stiff and mm-hmm. i mean in the sport that you're doing you have to be loose always and if you have to mm-hmm. take you know an hour to get loose before practice it's kind of a waste of time
2: mm-hmm. and
0: and to be and you, you know you're quite uh, up to date with the nutrition and the science behind it you need 48 hours to recover from a heart strength and conditioning session Whereas mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the same for uh, an MMA session, you know what I mean? Especially mm-hmm. if you're controlling it with pads and, and controlling the tempo. Whereas weight training, you're not in – I mean you are in control, but a 60-pound weight to 60-fucking-pound weight. You either mm-hmm. lift it or you don't. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you, like if your shoulders are sore and your legs are fucking tired, good luck doing rounds with some of the beasts that you're doing the next day, you know what exactly. I mean? And exactly. and I'm sure that came into play as you kind of developed too, right?
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Like I said, I, I was doing it pretty consistently and kind of slowly, just like phased it out, and and now I don't see the need for it.
2: Yeah. And, and I mean, for sure some guys,
1: you can see like some like young youngsters in the gym, like smiling. They look all like fucking floppy and shit, and like that kid could, could probably lift some weights or like a little string bean guy that doesn't have any muscle around his joints, he could probably lift some weight. that might yeah. like help him for injury prevention. But, uh, someone that's like in their prime, they've done it before they've already lifted, they've already done the conditioning maybe you don't need it as much.
0: Yeah. And I mean, as, as much as I love strength and conditioning and stuff like that, I personally only do it once or twice a week. If that, uh, mainly only because, uh, like, you know, I've had so many injuries. It's kind of like, those are the things that kind of have to work on just to maintain, the muscle activation and, and stuff like yeah, that um but specific scenario for in inter- like i know you were saying you a obese with the conditioning you get called man you're conditioning a lot how did you get to that point like what are some of the things that you've done like i know that in the past you do tons of running and kind of stuff like that what are the kind of things that you do to keep that conditioning on point and always uh exceeding expectations every time you fight
1: i think a lot of it is is probably training year-round and not being the guy that like does camps like in camp and out of camp like you see too many guys that are like out of camp and they're training like two times a week and putting on 30 pounds and then their whole camp is them trying to get back in shape and and make weight so i think like staying in shape year round is a big part of it um probably the way that i train like sparring days i'm gonna do like four hard rounds at least every sparring day wrestling day i'm gonna do maybe like three fives and then a bunch of situations so uh i think your body just gets like used to the work that you're doing and if you're doing four or five five minute rounds a couple times a week i think you kind of get used to it as much as you can
0: and do you limit your rounds now like the amount of like live work that you're actually doing or is that something you're conscious of during your weeks or is it kind of something you just flow with
1: uh something i flow with like it, it fluctuates for sure like not not always with like a rhyme or reason It just it will fluctuate there's some weeks or I'll, I'll spar like three times a week maybe i'll do that for a few weeks in a row and realize like i'm sparring too much i'll cut it back a little bit um but i, I like live work i think that's how I, I learned the best it doesn't have to be like crazy live either like trying to fuck each other up but i think yeah. uh i think at this point in my career live work is when i'm gonna learn the most stuff like if i'm going with like a high level black belt for kids rolling live finding out where i get caught or or what I'm doing well, I, I think, uh, that's how I'm learning right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I, I think that has tons of value to it too. I think like a lot of people underestimate, um, you know, they, they like, look at jujitsu for example, cause I'm a, a big jujitsu guy. Uh, a lot of the guys, they'll, 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 slap hands and then they'll fucking sit down and then they'll fucking stare at each other for like three minutes
2: mm-hmm. and
0: mm-hmm. nothing's really happening. and, then they'll say, "Okay, I'm ready to go to a tournament." Well, no, you're fucking not, or no, you're not ready to fight. Like you have to put yourself, like you said, in those situational mm-hmm. positions, and like I think a lot of guys ignore that fact, right? Especially, you need to know what it
1: feels like to have another fucking grown man trying to kill you. Otherwise, yeah. when you're in there and that's happening, you're gonna freak out.
0: Yeah, or or you have to at least consistently do it. You know, for bare minimum, once a week, right? You can't like. um, I I know a lot of guys, just past pandemic, who are high level guys. You know, you'll probably know them too, but I'm not going to say their names out of respect. But they weren't sparring or doing any live work. Mm -hmm. Uh, One because of lockdowns, and two because of they just said, "Fuck it." Well, because of the situation in the world, like I'll do what I can, but I'm not Mm going to do that. And you know, some of them had great great results, and some of them didn't have so other great results mm-hmm. but at the end of the day like so so would you say that that live work that you you tend to focus on keeps your your reaction and your nervous system kind of on point so that when you do get into that cage you know it's not it's nothing is surprising you in terms of your nervous system and stuff like that
1: yeah 100 man i think so i mean like you want to replicate the fight as much as possible and obviously you're not going to go in the gym and lock yourself in the cage with just four ounce gloves and no shin guards and like smash each other but yeah you got to spar and you got to spar pretty hard and you got to grapple and you got to do it pretty hard and you got to do it pretty consistently
0: yeah and uh i mean i mean i think you're totally right like and i think most people would be surprised but by your strength and conditioning uh kind of routine but i'm not at all because i know a lot of guys who do that And, and as long as you're not breaking down, I don't see the problem with it. And you, you're eating tons of calories. So like, you're not going to be losing like stupid amounts of weight during camp. And, and so Mm -hmm. like, like your body seems to hold up really, really, really well. And yeah. And, uh, I mean, I'll let you go soon too, but I wanted to ask you a few more fucking things. Um, what's your favorite, like when you are fucking done this shit, like when you're done, (laughs) when you're done fighting, right. When you're done fighting. Do you see yourself continuing to train MMA or are you just gonna pick like certain parts that you enjoy uh, more and what are those parts? Um
1: that's a good question. I don't know if I'm if I'm done fighting, if I'm gonna like continue to spar. Probably. I mean it's like it'll probably be hard to give that up, so probably, but uh, I don't know, man. I like it all. I really like grappling. Like I, I train with cricket who's a wrestler, so I've like really uh, um like, immerse myself in the wrestling world so I can see myself doing a lot of that in the future.
0: Yeah, and, like, do you see yourself, like, I know a lot of guys uh, in the UFC and Bellator and and even other organizations do it. Do you see yourself, like, Hopping in on some of those, like, Eddie Bravo invitationals and kind of testing yourself in those kind of circles as well. Yeah, for
1: sure. And there's actually some decent money in that shit now, too. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: I know, I know. That's something I'm looking at to fucking do. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Uh, cause there Because that was one of my goals when I decided to hang it up. Is was, like, I wanted to pursue, like, worlds, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and get that under my belt. But mm-hmm. I'm also intrigued by the open hand slapping to the fucking face.
2: Dude, that shit's
1: brutal.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm intrigued by it. like
1: more violent than MMA, it looks. I
0: I I think so. In ways, because like you'll see some like you know like when you like you fucking cock back to punch somebody on the mat, like you can't mm-hmm. really get away with that um, in in MMA because if you cock back too far, they're out of the position where the mm-hmm. open hand slaps allow you to fucking cock back because you're not making the fi- you're not it's a different motion. You're, like the punch mm-hmm. is going down, the slap ups mm-hmm. is coming sideways. So yeah. like even if he was to block the slap, you're still in a good position to handle the grappling machine. So then in in ways that slap is fucking way more brutal than the punch.
2: Yeah,
1: man, it looks nasty. I,
0: but the money, like you said, the money's good. Like it some of these, bad. some of these guys are making 10, 15 Gs just to yeah. to do a, yeah. a super shot. And
2: yeah, that's
0: good. That's something I'm fucking. Do. I the one thing I won't touch. I'll tell you this right now. I won't touch Muay Thai. Fuck
1: no, me. no. I agree. I think that's just crazy Muay Thai and like K one stuff when they're just like smashing shin on shin and big gloves standing in front of each other like just eating all the shots, like not really moving their heads. It's, yeah. uh, it's crazy.
0: Well, like I, you know, Professor Brockman, right? Uh, out of mm-hmm. Brooklyn, like he, mm-hmm. you know, he came back after he retired and did like a tie fight. No fucking mm-hmm. way. No fucking way. Once I'm, <laughs> once I decide to stop fucking getting punched in the face, I'm not fucking going to get punched in the face yeah,
2: like, like that. To me.
0: Like that, thats the other thing about Muay Thai is like if you get rocked, you're fucked. You gotta fight back. Whereas like in MMA, at least you can, shit, you can pull a guard if you wanted to, or yeah. you can die like, for the head, die for the head, clinch and just hold. Yeah. But like, like, like I—I I can see like when I for for guys like us when we're fucking done, I can see us like saying, oh no, we're just gonna do casual sparring. Once in yeah. a while, you know, like Rock like Rocky and Apollo did at the end of that fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Closed gym, occasional sparring, but yeah.
1: Beat each other up a little bit. Why not?
0: Yeah. And uh, one more before I go, uh, before I let you go, because I know you like those nine hours of sleep, getting that sleep in. I but do. who are you looking for when you get into that Bellator cage? Like, what is the. Um, wh- which guys are you looking forward to competing against the most? right away dude i
1: said the same thing like before Contender series people are like who do you want in the ufc what's your dream matchup and i'll say the same answer man i want to beat up like the shittiest guy that they'll give me because my contract is the same no matter who i fight if i fight yo romero or if i fight some dude that's fucking owen two in bellator and about to get cut i'm getting the same amount of money yeah. so i'd rather fight that scrub and get like a sick knockout or submission and like go viral than have a tough ass fight against the older maryland maybe you only get half my paycheck
0: yeah well that's the fucking smart answer that's what i like to hear because too many guys will say i oh, will take on the best guy in the fucking world no that's yeah. that's stupid and i like that yeah. answer and that more people should fucking follow suit with that because that's what a smart thinking person says right there you know what yeah. i mean because at the end of the day you're right you are getting paid the same amount no matter who you get so you know you basically just take those. Those I wouldn't say easy fights. That's not the right. Sure, the right
1: fight at this level, but the, yeah. the the more easy fight that I can get for sure.
0: Yeah, and I mean, hey, there, there you go. Aaron Jeffrey wants to fuck up whoever wants to get go caught <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> scrub if you if you don't want to get cut from bellator fight Aaron jeffrey because he's going to get you cut after he beats your ass <laughs> <That's
2: brutal.
0: laughs> anyway, anyway brother i appreciate you taking the time to do this it was, it was a pleasure uh and uh let uh and i don't know if you're looking for anybody to work with but if anybody wants to work with you nutritionally wise where can they uh find you and how can they kind of reach out to you for that
1: yeah, everywhere my MMA shit is AAJ MMA, uh, and then it will link to my other nutrition stuff too. It's uh, Jeffrey Nutrition.
0: Awesome, and let me tell you, everybody, firsthand, the fucking guy knows his nutrition, knows how to get people slim and get rid of that fat. Look at him. He's a fucking ripped, and he doesn't lift weights. He's ripped, and he doesn't lift weights, guys. Anyway, brother, thank you for doing thank this, you, and uh, best of luck whenever that first flight is in Bellator. I'll be watching, and we'll be rooting for you, man.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate you.
0: No problem, everybody. Thank you for watching. Please do me a favor. Click the like below. Share on YouTube. Share on Instagram. Share on Facebook. Spread the word so I can keep creating more content for you and keep providing you with a great podcast experience.
2: Peace out.